0: Best Health, presented by The Royal Gazette and RG Mags, is your go-to health podcast. We connect you with the very best of Bermuda's health and wellness experts, enthusiasts, and influencers, helping you get the very best from your mind and body. So go and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at The Royal Gazette, and join the conversation every month. It starts right here. Today, I am joined by Betty Doyling, certified fitness trainer and figure competitor, and importantly, an occasional Royal Gazette health columnist with over a decade's experience in the fitness arena. We're going to be talking about mental strength and why it's so important. And as you'll learn from hearing her story, our guest clearly has an abundance, not to mention the physical strength to match. So, Betty, thank you so much for coming in.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: No, oh, it's lovely to have you. Um, I talk about your physical strength there, and before you came in, I was looking at your Instagram and saw, A, the 10K run you've just come back from doing, and impressively, which I think everyone should go and see, is your, your press-up where you, you jump and yes. you're just on one limb. Yes. What, what is that called? That, that it's move? a
1: plyo push-up.
0: That looks so challenging. How long did it take you to be able to do that?
1: Well, I haven't been able to do anything majorly strength-based for mm-hmm. a while now ever since my surgery, mm-hmm. so that was like my first feeling of feeling more comfortable and feeling that my strength had finally returned
0: yeah oh good for you so we're going to be talking about mental strength obviously it is linked to physical strength but how would you define mental strength I think it's probably a bit different for everyone
1: well for me I think mental strength is just being able to push past the various obstacles that get in your way and that could be anything from medical issues or job issues or family issues mm-hmm. So just being able to push past it and just still see the positive at the end of the road. Mm
0: -hmm. I think that you're someone who, looking at your background in fitness and particularly competing, it takes a lot of determination. It takes a lot of mental strength to commit to that kind of goal and then to see it through.
1: Yeah, that is so true. My trainer used to always say it's all mental.
0: Right. It's
1: not physical. You can come and train as much as you want, Mm -hmm. but the mental anguished really yeah, yeah. <laughs> just getting past that totally you have to
0: push through that yeah, don't you so yeah. often so have you always found that you've been a mentally tough person growing up where you sported school were you always interested in that
1: yes I was always interested in sport gymnastics um track and field um things like that so mm-hmm. I was always always thinking about like just being a bit sporty and definitely just pushing past um any major art um obstacles as that came in my way
0: and as you as you push through that, at what point did you start to think about competing? Because figure competitions, I mean, I don't know how much work goes into them. A lot I of work. Can, I can imagine. <laughs> I
1: was training back then, like two hours a day. Wow. Um, cardio, one hour, and then strength, one hour. And that was at least between five and six days a week.
0: Wow. And what kind of time period did it take? Because a lot of us try and get fit for summer or you know, just try and do a kind of nice level of fitness. But that yeah. takes constant work over a period of months. How um, long?
1: Usually about three months, three months, between three and six months. And just that depends on where you are as well. Mm-hmm. And of course, as that's a more extreme version mm-hmm. of fitness.
0: Yeah, yeah. Once you hit that target, so you've been training for months and you're you're competing, what happens in the kind of, what happens in your head after that? So mentally, you've had to push through so many obstacles, then your competition's done and I'll, you go back to normal life. Is it quite strange having it's, worked at something?
1: It's very strange because you have put in the three months, but you could really kind of get back to how you were in like that first month. Really? So because you change your eating altogether, you mm-hmm. can't continue to eat like that mm-hmm. 24-7, or at least it's not just enjoyable for everyone. Yeah. Um, so that is a little bit of a mental struggle because you're like, I put in all this work and now look at me yeah yeah yeah
0: what were you eating out of interest at that time um
1: mainly chicken fish vegetables Mm -hmm. meat vegetables um Mm -hmm. grapefruit oats sweet potatoes
0: did you have a trainer who helped push you through yes yeah what was their advice to you in terms of the mental strength element
1: um always remember that someone else is pushing harder than you Mm. So when you're thinking about slacking, especially since it was in a competitive environment, just know that that other person isn't.
0: Go from your competing days to your training days and coaching, which you're doing a lot of now. I read on your um, Facebook for Be Active for Life that you aim to keep your client's body guessing and their mind focused. What role does the mind play in your coaching? How do you keep your clients motivated and setting targets?
1: I think just mixing it up, just when they come, they know that they're not just going to get the same bicep curl. Maybe they are going to do a bicep curl, but yeah. they're going to do a bicep curl and then a jump squat or something like that. Mm-hmm. So just mixing it up. And I think also just having a positive attitude. Um, of course, everyone has their bad days, but I don't really deliver that to my client. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Got to put on a brave face and keep it positive. Yeah. Though. And are are you training for anything at the moment? Do you have any goals that you're trying to reach?
1: Well, I was going to do the half marathon, well, half of the half marathon, because this is the first year that they have allowed... Two um, participants to do the relay. Normally it's four, mm-hmm. so I was going to do it, but I can't now because my son has a rugby game in the states, so yeah. I have to go and see him at the collegiate rugby. Oh, that's exciting! Though, yeah. what does he play? Um, he plays the what is it on the side? The guy that runs the fastest. Can't remember his position, but he's the sprinter, a sprinter basically. Yeah, okay. he's a sprinter. He takes the um, ball in.
0: Oh, very nice. Yeah,
1: so he really loves it, and I have to go and see him. So yeah,
0: no, that's, that's
1: but I'm aiming now for January half.
0: Oh, the January half? Yes. Okay. So that'll
1: be my next yeah. major race. And I have a race this weekend as well.
0: Oh, what's your race this weekend?
1: That's a 10K. I think it's Ed Sherlock 10K. Okay. Yeah, it's a series. Okay. I usually do that one. And actually, I won um, a big prize um, two years ago. Really? Yes. In, yes. That, in that race? Yes, in that race. It wasn't for the racing, you just get a draw. Yeah. So my name was picked out of it. So I won like a trip to Atlanta. Wow. And the race fee and the hotel and everything was amazing. Oh, my
0: God. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Hopefully that will happen again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the race in January, what kind of training will go into that for you? Um, you can run a 10K at the moment. Yes, I can
1: definitely run day. a 10K. Yeah. So I'll just have to keep running. The hardest part now is, of course, is going to be running through the heat.
0: Right. So
1: my aim now is just to keep my running up through the summer, at least keep the 10K base in, mm-hmm. and after it gets a little cooler, even then I'll start to pick up more mileage. Mm-hmm. Because the, summer's, the summer is definitely discouraging <laughs> when you're it running. Is.
0: It's really hard to yes. run in the heat. It's very easy for your mind to kick in and just say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to run. Because yeah, I have say. taken
1: breaks like that and I've regretted it. Because yeah. it
0: takes a while to get back to it. What mm-hmm. I find, what I hate about running is that you can lose it so quickly. So quickly. And it takes so long to yeah. build it back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so
1: yeah, that's my goal is just to keep running through mm-hmm, the summer mm-hmm. and keep that 10K um, base. Mm hmm.
0: Are you going to be running with any of your clients? Do they take part with you?
1: Yes. Um, I have a group of um, people that run with us. We have a running group.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, that helps. But the only thing about that is you still have to gear up mentally for that too. Because what if no one comes? Mm-hmm. Are you still going to go running? Yeah. yeah. So I find myself trying to make sure that even if they don't attend, that I still make sure that I get my runs in. Because you can kind of just get addicted just to having a partner run with you.
0: Yeah. And become dependent on that, I guess. Definitely. So... If part two of mental strength is resilience and overcoming adversity, you've talked quite openly about a diagnosis that you had a couple of years ago, which must have taken a huge amount of mental strength to overcome. So can you tell us a bit about what happened? How did you first learn that something wasn't right?
1: Sure. It was just actually a year ago now. um, January of last year, I found out that I had a pituitary tumor, And I was having some symptoms such as lactation, um, weight gain, um, headaches, and some of my energy had depleted as well. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what was going on. And I decided I was like, okay, well, I think it was just after the COVID months. Few COVID months. (laughs) And um, so I went to the doctor. I was like, let me just go and get this checked up. And I hadn't, I was at the end of my checkup and I was like, oh yeah, by the way, Mm. um, I'm having some lactation. And she immediately, uh, my doctor immediately said, oh, it's probably a pituitary um, adenoma, which is a a growth um, on your pituitary gland.
0: So is it quite a common diagnosis?
1: It is a common diagnosis. Um, Some people have them and Mm. they are micro and they don't ever grow, and some have macro, and mine was a macro. I think it was like 15 millimeters, yeah, 15 millimeters. Um, so, yeah. So you I, had to get that removed? I had to get so that, that it, removed, yes.
0: What, what were your options for that? Was it fly?
1: Well, at first we were going to try the medical version of just taking some medication. Okay. So that was our first option, and I did that for, I think it was eight weeks, and it didn't shrink, so I had one MRI that detected it, and then I had another one to determine if it was if it would shrink, and there was no change. Okay. So then I um, met with some doctors at Mass General Hospital mm-hmm. online and um, decided to go away and get that done in June. Mm-hmm.
0: So what was the time period between finding out you had it until actually having it treated? So
1: I went to the doctor in January, mm-hmm. and then I had a couple more follow-ups and determinations, probably like March, and then I think March I probably had the um, consult. And then I had the surgery in June. Okay.
0: So it was a few, it was about six months from yeah. start to finish. Yeah. What was going through your head at that point? Because it's quite a scary thing to know that you're, you've got this coming up. How do you How do you push through that?
1: It was very scary because I had never, ever actually had a surgery mm-hmm. or a break or anything. Really? So nothing. nothing at all. And I don't take medications or anything. So this was all new, like taking medication to see if it would shrink. Mm-hmm. Um, having multiple doctor's appointments and MRIs and blood tests. So it was a whole new world to me. But um, I definitely had to just dig deep and think positive, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I also believe in prayer. I definitely prayed about this because I didn't have anywhere else to really deter. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to just pull all my options in. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Did you have a support network around you? How, yeah, how definitely you- church
1: church families. Mm-hmm. Um Friends, and I had a, another friend, a couple friends, actually, that actually have a, one here. And then I started to meet people online as well oh, so um, and reached of, out to uh, them.
0: Oh, that's nice. A bit of a community of people yeah. who are all going through the same thing.
1: Yeah. And I think that I had posted a post um, about it not shrinking. Mm-hmm. And um, a girl from overseas in D.C., mm-hmm. she messaged me. She I hashtag pituitary adenoma. And she messaged me. She was like, oh, just want to let you know that... If you need any help, I just had the surgery. So we con- we communicated for some time and we actually met when I was there last.
0: Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah, What was she like in real life? Oh, lovely, oh, lovely. lovely, yes. Oh, that's so sweet. In terms of pushing through to work so you were still were you training at that point or did you have no energy you couldn't kind of
1: i was still training i would just do what i could i would walk and walk run or um, lift lighter weights and stuff like that so i was still trying to train all the way through matters of fact um the day before surgery i did my last 5k it was like a slow oh trudging 5k but i was like okay i won't be able to run for a while so i'll just do one more
0: yeah so yeah. that, that's the mental strength we're talking about yes like, to be able to do that the day before you know you're having a surgery
1: because yeah. otherwise you're just like nervous and jittery at least you can boost your endorphins by getting out there and Mm -hmm. breathing some fresh air
0: absolutely and what impact did it have on your coaching because did part of you want to step away from coaching when you were going through something so personal
1: I think part of me was just really just worried about my clients like I had always been this size like for as long as they've known me Mm -hmm. and then I went up another size so it was Mm -hmm. like hmm does your coach need a (laughs) coach So that type of thing, I was worried about that, but my, my clients were definitely understanding it was a medical condition. Yeah. And I think that it actually made me, even just looking back, it's made me a better trainer mm-hmm. because I can see that, I can see past like, okay, so maybe she's gained weight. Maybe she has some medical conditions. And mm-hmm. before I was just like, you know, one plus one equals two. Yep. Um, but now I'm like, okay, one
0: plus one doesn't always equal two yeah, yeah, <laughs> in yeah. this case. Well, that's good. So, it's giving you a probably more rounded, yes, rounded view definitely. Going back to your support network, so you mm-hmm. said you had the Facebook community. Yes. What about close friends and family? Was it?
1: Oh, definitely family. My husband, my kids, mm-hmm. my um sister-in-law, my mother-in-law. All of them were definitely there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even my clients. Like, yeah, even my clients really? were very um sensitive and compassionate, and just really helped me throughout the whole process. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: What do you think you've learned from going through that experience, that start to finish?
1: My primary take, I think, on the whole experience really is just to make sure that you are getting everything checked. Mm -hmm. Because if I remember, I may have been showering and I may have seen um, some milk Mm -hmm. um, Mm produced and I kind of ignored it. Um, I was just like, okay, maybe that's nothing. Yeah. And I didn't check anymore for a while. Mm -hmm. So, I think that that was my biggest take. Just make sure that you're checking everything. I don't know if maybe I would have known sooner or not, but don't ignore anything, yeah. anything um, at all.
0: Better to get it checked. Everything. We're probably all quite guilty of doing that. Yep. Just burying our head. Yes. it goes away.
1: Yep. It doesn't go away.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in practical terms, are there things that you implement in your life now to handle adverse situations any better so obviously physical exercise is a big part of your life do you find that that helps you mentally
1: oh definitely definitely um i recommend it to anyone if you're even like feeling depressed and it, if there's even studies about that as well about getting making sure that you exercise just to help you boost your endorphins which in turn will help you have a more positive outlook mm-hmm. on life so i try not to skip my exercise and i think that it just gives you a more focused and well-rounded view As a whole, because like if you start out with your exercise and your goal is to lose or your goal is to strengthen whatever it is, you're going to center your life for the rest of the day around that goal.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But if you don't, like if I don't exercise and probably I'm just going to go and get a coffee and a pastry and then from there I'm going to be hungry. So Mm -hmm. my mood's going to change throughout the day. So Mm -hmm. starting your life with that goal of exercise first, I think, really helps.
0: So build it into into your day to day life. Yeah. Yeah, that's good advice. Is there anything else you do other than physical exercise to to help keep your your brain kind of strong, to keep your mental strength up?
1: Um, I try to do things, take breaks for myself. Mm -hmm. I think um, mothers, especially mothers and fathers probably as well, we centre our lives around our children. And at the end of the day, once our children go on, they're still going to be us, and we want to make sure that we take care of us first. So that we can take care of others, mm-hmm. um, I think that using the children as an excuse is easy, you know, because you're like, "Oh, I want to make sure that this happens," but sometimes we just have to let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. They're going to go to bed late once, yeah, or they're going to wake up early and then, the, you know, in the night, it's okay. It, just make sure that you take care of yourself first. Yeah.
0: So talking about self care, which has come up in a few podcasts we've done with people talking about all types of health whether it's physical health or mental health what kind of self-care do you do is it taking time for yourself to go for a walk or is it journaling or is it gratitude i know you' you go to church is that something that's yes so i do you
1: like church i haven't been able to attend because we've been having the mass mandate and that's I don't want to sit in church for that long yeah, with the yeah. mask on, so I do try to go in and just do the things that I need to do. But besides that, I would also like take time just to read a book, just sit outside on the porch, look at the water, mm-hmm. take some time to do some to watch some Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Just taking some time away, like or just going with a friend, maybe just taking a drive to St. George's, mm-hmm. going to eat, having a coffee, anything, but just to get away from the normal pace of life.
0: Because I think sometimes we can feel a bit guilty doing things like watching Netflix Mm -hmm. or going out with our friends because we think we should be doing something more productive. Yes. We think we should be working. But actually, if you don't take that time off, you're not going to be effective. No.
1: And you just need to free your mind. And that's the whole purpose of vacation. I was saying, someone was saying, well, a lot of times when I go on vacation, I do work out. But at the same time, you don't have to either because Mm -hmm. that's what the word vacate is vacating from the normal. Mm -hmm. So either one is okay.
0: Do you find that your clients expect you to be working out 24/7? Oh, they Oh, def- <laughs> they definitely do. They yeah. definitely do.
1: Even in class, like, if I work out with the class and I have to go over here, they're like, oh, wait, she's stopping. Yeah. Why is she stopping? I'm like, guys, I'm also working here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure you have multiple classes a day. So yes. it's
1: not just <laughs> Can't just always work out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so next month is Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. So it's a good time to check in with yourself. Like, you talked about self-care and those around you. Um, Do you have any role models in your life that you look to in terms of physical health or mental health or the way they live their life?
1: Well, my mother was always active. She's always been active, always focused on her food and how she's eating. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell her, like, mom. Can we just stick to this one little plan? Because yeah. <laughs> she was like, "I just read that this isn't great for you anymore," so she'll change that. Oh, so she's up and to she's age. already vegan, okay. so yeah, she's always been into fitness. So I would consider my mother definitely my main role model. Yeah, she's always been focused on fitness and health.
0: Yeah, Men- mental health as mental well. Mental health as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And another thing I think too with mental health is that we shouldn't be afraid to see someone Mm -hmm. if anything is um happening in our lives at all because i actually considered seeing someone during um just discovering about the pituitary tumor Mm -hmm. um because it was challenging mentally so i think that a lot of times we're scared to admit oh we're seeing a psychologist or psychiatrist Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that
0: no it should become something that probably everyone could benefit from it should be very normal yeah absolutely nothing wrong with it to say you need help Mm -hmm. and it's actually probably a braver thing to say, it definitely I'm, is. I'm struggling, I need help. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would, I would definitely, definitely agree with that. And just to finish, thinking about role models or people you maybe look to, I know you're active on Instagram, we'll put your all of your details out yes. there, but are there any accounts that you follow that you think people might benefit from or enjoy looking at?
1: I follow so many accounts. Yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't even like label them. But I always just look for things that are more real Mm -hmm. because, you know, like we see like all the other fitness accounts, well, lots of fitness accounts where they're super muscular or super tiny. That is not real necessarily. Mm -hmm. Most of the people that we see on Instagram, they are dieting down for this lifestyle that they live. And then they have to do it because they're getting paid for it. Sure. So I try to follow accounts that I would like to – yeah, I just try to follow accounts that are just more real, mm-hmm. just that that can appeal more to me mm-hmm. rather than just to look for the perfect body and mm-hmm. then and then follow them. Yes. I actually had to delete a lot of accounts because I was like, that's not really making me happy. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not building any positivity in my life. It's actually it'll make you feel worse about yourself if mm-hmm. you're just fo- focusing just on that.
0: Yeah, and it's probably a good thing everyone should do is just do a bit of a clear out. Yeah. I've done that myself. Yeah, I, I go into my Instagram, and I think. Like, that's not making me feel positive yes let me stop yeah i don't need to see that yep so i'm totally with you yeah and is there anything else you wanted to talk about or what people might want to look for with you if they can reach out to you
1: well people can definitely find me on facebook
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um be active for life um instagram be active for life as Mm -hmm. well and um, I have a lot of classes. They can just reach out to me on, on either of those pages.
0: Okay. And yeah. your, your classes are what, mainly focused around hit training?
1: No, um, my classes are actually um, for anyone. You can start at your own pace. They're timed so that way you just work with yourself or you work with your partner. And you can, like let's just say, it was 30 seconds. You can do as many bicep curls as you can do in that 30 mm-hmm. seconds or as many squats as you can do in that 30 seconds. That way you don't feel like you're highly competitive. You, you can, and you can pick the weights that you want mm-hmm. as well. So there's circuit training classes. And they're on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Sundays.
0: Okay, perfect. And evenings
1: and mornings. So they can definitely reach out to me.
0: Okay, perfect. We'll put all those details up. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming in. It's been so lovely to have you.
1: It has. Lovely to see you again. Thank you.
0: Okay. firstly a huge thank you to betty for coming in and so openly sharing her story as well as her strategies for coping with adversity and building mental strength after the last two years i think it's fair to say we've all had to find new ways to build our own mental toughness and tolerance and it's so refreshing to hear from someone like betty who has dealt with such a personal journey alongside what we've all been going through and her positivity and commitment to getting her mental and physical strength back is really inspiring I can't believe it's already the end of April summer is coming away too quickly and I'll definitely be checking out her classes so have a look at the show notes for how you can join in too thank you all so much for listening make sure you tune in for next month's episode and follow us on social media at rg mags and at the royal gazette see you next time